0: excited about our topic today perfect timing with the uh, the looming season coming here uh, shortly you know in another month or so we' we'll, we'll be thawed out and ready to to get rolling and we have a lot of uh, new roofers I think entering the market uh, so you know this is a very timely topic and I'm joined today by Latif uh from boss of solutions uh, excited to have this conversation with you Latif I know that you work a lot with uh, you know a lot of new contractors and and, and some existing as well and uh, just wanted to let, give you a chance here to kind of introduce yourself if someone's not familiar with Boss Up and what you guys do, uh, and kind of walk through that before we dive into it.
1: Sure. Well, first, Pete, thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it. As you know, we've been using Roofer for a long time for our clients, um, so that's kind of cool. We um, Boss Up Solutions. So you kind of understand. My name's Latif. I started out as a contractor. I had a call center for a while generating leads in this industry, so we did that for over a dozen years. And Boss Up was started about four years ago, and the idea behind it was very simple. The idea was um, a lot of us startups, um, you know, we hire somebody who becomes a key person or we just aren't good at hiring and we ha- try to find that office help. So our idea was, hey, why don't we hire a team of people so you can, you can access a pool of talent? You know what I mean? Because what happens is for a lot of companies, you know, they can afford to hire one person. So you're, let's say your budget is $4,000. You're spending 4000 a month, the salary. First month, you got to train them and you got to get them in systems and you got to buy them a laptop. Then you got to update their laptop. You got to get them a desk, a chair, a little cushion because they're not comfortable. And then they don't show up after you did all that. So now you start over. Um, bit of a problem. What I did was I saw that problem being a former uh, small business owner, being a small business owner today, I realized that, hey, hiring and having a pool of talent is very difficult. And that's when, you know, you start seeing this world of virtual, like virtual assistants. And I was like, okay, virtual assistants, let me try it out. Let me see, pay somebody $4 in the Philippines and see how this works. Um, the issue that with that was, and they're all great people, they just did not have um, the experience in our industry to be a true help. So we decided to build this business and start uh, helping startups and companies in their first couple of years grow what happened that I didn't realize was we, or I didn't plan was larger businesses started saying, hey, we don't really have process either. We've just gotten big through like brute force. Um, could we build some process? Could we use your team? Cause sometimes we do need a marketing person. Sometimes we do need a bookkeeper. Sometimes we need a estimator. Um, what I did was started building more and more talent behind the scenes uh, for a contracting company. So you name it from a receptionist uh, to the uh, senior admin to AR, to estimates, to marketing, we have somebody in staff. It's not that I do it all; I don't. There's just plenty of people here that we let them specialize in their arena, <laughs> rather than like a small business. You hire somebody, you're like, okay, so you can also do marketing <laughs> and customer service. Yeah, also you gonna be my you know I think it's a great and uh, a plan, great angle
0: know? because you know so much. I think of so. of this business is that's a huge part, like that's an integral part of it, but it's kind of behind the scenes, right? So I think a lot of it gets overlooked, that support staff, those people in the office that really kind of hold the business together, right? Uh, you know, I, I know coming from a CRM background, you know, the office administrator or the office yep. manager was like the key person, right? Like if you could get that person on board and get that person trained and, and, and become a champion of your product, you know, they yeah. the rest of the team had to adopt it because that person was so key, to the success of that organization. And so many of these guys don't have that key person in place. You know, I think for a long time, as you're growing, you know, especially the smaller uh, contractors, they are that person, right? Like they're the, the sales guy and they are the support staff. And, you know, they're at the end of the day or home at night, they're trying to do the accounting and trying to do the marketing on their own, you know, and, and, and being able to kind of take some of that off their plate, so that they can go out and maybe sell more or become the project manager or whatever the case may be can be huge to their success.
1: Absolutely. So one of the things that I noticed was that you do need somebody who understands and that can run the business, but the problem is, so think about it this way, you invest and Pete becomes my expert and Pete runs my business. So I'm happy sitting at the beach relaxing. And Pete uh, is handling everything. But one day Pete calls in and says, hey, Roofer just gave me this great offer. I'm leaving. Um, all of a sudden, not only am I out a key person, I also have counted on Pete. And Pete is the guy who knows everything. So now, depending on how our relationship breaks, I may not know what I need to get going. Or I might not even have the capacity or capability of doing what Pete used to do. Maybe my talents are not in the arena that yours are. So key people can destroy a business very quickly. And here's the thing. When you get larger, you get multiple key people. You know, you're that $5 million, $7 million, $10 million company. You have multiple key people. So there is a little bit of cushion there. And usually there's some people under them. Right. When you're smaller, you're my guy. So when you leave me, you basically are saying, Latif, shut down your business. So I'll, I have to go into 911 mode and I have to figure out things. And most likely it happens at the most inopportune time. You know, I'm sitting at the beach and I'm not coming back planning a trip with my kids or whatever, or I, um, uh, I, I'm i sick and I went away or I took some time off that I want to do a sabbatical or whatever it might be, right? Um, so key people become a huge problem. So one of the things we alleviate is a key person dependency. Also key person, so we'll use Pete as our example, a key person, also the bigger problem with a key person is also capacity. You become a bottleneck so for example pete's got it all so give him another file pete's got it all give him another file pete's got it all give him another file there comes a point where pete says all right i don't have enough files so now pete's going to do one of two things he's going to sound the alarm and say hey guys i need help and um that's great most likely what's going to happen is i'm going to kind of send something i'm going to give pete like a little 15 percent increase Pete's going to feel happy but feel obligated he's going to try to now handle double his capacity but he has to cut corners. And when he cuts corners, he's going yeah. to then sacrifice what what created our success. I always say success leads to failure. So the idea here is like, you know, you do a great job, you refer your friend. You do a better job, they refer their friends. Next thing you know, you have this referral web, which is what you want, but you haven't built the foundation underneath. So what happens is now when your capacity uh, is maxed out, what do you do? You start cutting little things like that little greeting call, that little like, hey, tomorrow we're doing your job. Did you clear your driveway? Um, so those things end up being a problem. And to, in today's world when you mention CRMs, a lot of stuff is possible with CRMs uh, to automate, to create, but you have to first understand your process. The problem with automations is if if I have automations scheduled around my build date, if my build date isn't updated <laughs> in my CRM, Then all of a sudden, all these things fire off saying, hey, how was your roof installation? And this is, sitting there going like, yeah, it would be great if you guys actually did that. I've been waiting for seven weeks and now you get an angry customer instead of a good customer. So we do work a lot with the CRMs. Our idea has always been to automate the CRMs. We built our own uh, version of Bums to help out. I call it Bums, boss of marketing solutions, boss of management solutions. Um, But the idea behind it was, um, hey, let's, uh, Let's offer some people some of the automations reset in a box where they can get them. Because I've worked with dozens of contractors, Pete. And one of the things you notice is that everyone faces the same dozen or two dozen problems. And a lot of the problems happen without what I would call uh, process control. So one of those things is like controlling the experience. You know, like I always mention the Uber ride, and I say, hey, you know, when you go in your app, you're like, okay. I need a car and here's where I'm at and I want this type of car. And then you get the alert saying you've been matched to a driver. Here's a little bit about him. He's on the way. Hey, he's arriving. By the way, before he arrives, you know, you're going to have to wear your mask. It's one of the rules, right? So they control that experience the whole way. And as contractors, if you think about it, it's like, Hey, um, we're going to do your installation on this day. Please remove these items. Um, please make sure to let us know if there's any anything fragile or anything sensitive outside that you want us to double protect, like your prize rose garden or anything like that. Um, you know, we're arriving today. Here's what we're doing. Before you leave, you don't have to check everything, but please check the color of that chingle, right? Um, those kind of little things help us know that they're, uh, they're controlling the experience. And if you can control the experience, there's less problems. The reason Uber has very little customer service people is because... They've built it where not only is the process handheld the entire way, but even if there is a problem, they've also looked at their dozen problems that they have and they've created solutions. My driver was uh, obnoxious. Well, we're sorry, we're gonna credit you a ride. Um, You know, I I left something. Well, here, we're gonna put you in touch with the driver. He will call you in two hours. Um, You know, whatever happens, they have a pre-built solution because what they're trying to do is automate and use this new technology of like, hey. You really think about it. There is only so many different options to what we do. Um, what you see contractors struggling with all the time when they come with me, man, is that they've uh, they've created a mess and like I call it laundry, and they want us to clean their laundry. The issue is like why did they even get that dirty? Like if you had maintained this, um, you would have been good. If you communicate, ninety percent of our problems, and I know this from not from well it's from experience, but not because I knew, but because I learned by doing it wrong, but. If you communicate with people, a lot of times problems will work with you. It's when you go dark because you're trying to figure it out, and people do go dark because they get overwhelmed. They're smaller. They're trying to figure it out. They're like, "What's going on with my business?" Things like that. So, we manage to try to help uh, at Boss Up. We try to help everybody create a clean process, maintain it, so they don't have those nine one ones, those those emergencies, if you would. Um, so it's a controlled experience. Like if you do things right from the get go, if I hold your hand, I think that's a great point. And I think you that,
0: you know, going into talking about, you know, transitioning into talking about, Hey, I want to start a business. I think that that's one of the things that I've found over my years of doing this with contractors and talking to them is so many of them don't necessarily understand their own process or how to convey their own process that they, they get in a situation where, like you said, the process breaks down on them. You know, and, and it's the little things that get cut or get missed because the process wasn't as stout as it could be, or it wasn't necessarily conveyed the, to the employees the way it should be, or or even to the customer. You know, so I think that uh, you know that's a that's a great point. I think you know having that process in place, understanding your own process and how it, you know it's going to function and who's going to do what, and, you know, and having those key people that can make that process run smoother. Uh, Is a huge part of it, you know, and in the beginning, if I'm, you know, a one man show, knowing what, like you said, knowing what are my key functions and what are, what am I good at? And what do I need help with? You know, like being able to admit that right off the bat and, uh, you know, and be able to recognize where you need some assistance, uh, I think is a, is a huge part of uh, finding success.
1: Yeah, and also, like one of the things that worked out the way we did it, um, you know, is the guidance, right? So people say, get a mentor or get someone to coach you or things like that. And we all know why that benefits, you know, even like these books, these seminars, these uh, conferences, they're always sharing advice, on um, podcasts, sharing advice, right? But um, one of the things that we were able to do as Boss Up was because we were looking under the hood of basically 40 different contractors. We started seeing what works. Even though you might be a large, huge, giant contractor, and you're you're the, you're the one everyone wants to be, I get to see what you're doing right, but I also get to see what you're doing wrong. And I'm unbiased because I'm just helping. you. Now I go to that startup and I see what he's doing right, what he's doing wrong. If you look at startups, they go from zero to two million, you know, in that first two years, right? Zero to two million if they're in this contracting industry usually, and that zero to two, zero to three million. If you think about that exponential growth. It happens because of some core elements. And if you look at businesses that go from three to five, it takes two to three times longer to do that. And the reason is because what you've done is you lost that love and feeling. You lost that little bit that you used to do. And that's one thing we notice it with process because you did your process. And that's the weird thing for like us business owners. Our process is, hey, I just do what's needed. I know what to do because it's your business. Have you mapped it out? Have you trained other people? Have you automated it? Have you systemized it? We call it automate, uh, optimize, automate, delegate. In other words, have, have you looked at what you do and create an optimized version of it? Did you build some automation? And then if you're gonna delegate, did you delegate in a way that it's done? And I would probably even add, uh, it's been a few years since I used to say the OAD thing, I would say I would add accountability. I would look to see where I can verify it's been done. Um, process can work, when you think you have a process, if it's not written down, if there's not a simple, like even a bullet point checklist, then you do not have a process. Um, you have a idea of a process or you're testing, but you haven't jotted it down. How is someone going to repeat it? So something very important in those businesses is understanding that, hey, we have to document it, and there's a reason. If you think about from zero to three million, whatever, that's three million, three million X or whatever, And then from three to five why does it take twice as long and it's like well it shouldn't i mean if you already have the recipe you should be able to do great it's like building uh building burgers for a restaurant they did great but i mean if you only have so many grills or you only have so much so much counter space or so much guest space you can't just double in size that easily you know you have to think about things um so those are kind of the things that we try to like with boss up with our experience the cool part is i get to say pete you're a multi-million dollar company you're 20 million dollar company but you're missing this one step that you know the smaller guy is doing, and I think you should add it. We go to that smaller guy and we say, "Hey, you don't. We're going to share experience with you because experience is one of the most expensive things and difficult things. You can't expedite it, and you have to pay extra for it. So the cool part with us is, you're going to get um, that experience. You're going to get it from us um, being able to say, "Hey, I would do this. Here's what we would do with our website. Here's what we do with our uh, proposal process. Here's what we do with our estimate process." That's going to help you guys get some guidance and we're not going to force you but we're definitely going to share with you and say hey pete you know what we work with contracts of all different sizes in this case this is what we've seen work this is why we see it work what do you think so it gives you a consultative approach uh,
0: so to your. so i just wanted to talk about i saw a, a post on uh, facebook assistant. right and it was about a guy who's starting a new business and, and i thought it was very interesting uh, you know his mindset and the things that he was asking about Versus the mindset of some of the comments, right? That were from people like yourself who have been in a lot of business, you know, have seen a lot of contracting businesses and have seen what makes them successful. And, uh, you know, the difference in the approach was very interesting to me to kind of like scroll through the comments. You know, he was talking about, you know, CRM, like he's brand new, hasn't even really done run a job yet. He's talking about CRMs and truck wraps and all this stuff. And, you know, you, you commented and and a couple other people commented that I would consider like industry experts and, you know, and they came in and said like, you need a social presence, you need a good website, like you need these foundational pieces. Uh, So I guess speak a little bit about, you know, Hey, I'm a new contractor, right? Like I'm going to start up, like, what are some of those foundational pieces that you see to be like key, you know, more so than obviously like wrapping my truck right like that's you know that's a lot of money that I could be spending someplace else right and so what are what are some key ways that you see right. to make that investment right. uh, you know to kind of get the ball rolling
1: yeah absolutely Correct. so I remember that comment and the gentleman had said that there was uh ten thousand dollars available and he wanted to know what so now here's the problem when people start businesses you it's very good to get advice, but sometimes you have to think about who the advice is coming from. I have 100000 in my bank. For me to do some of the things I'm suggesting to you might be very easy for me. You have 10000 and I'm telling you, oh, my God, dude, the best thing we did was install that CRM. That's making our life great. You're a one-man show. Get a Manila envelope. You don't need to learn a CRM at this moment, right? You get Get a folder, draw some lines on it like I did back in the day. And you just put your little checkbox, like, did you send this form? Did you get this agreement? How much is the deal? How much, whatever, right? You can get by with that. So a lot of problem, a lot of things I see in this in this industry, and probably every industry, I suppose, I'm more familiar with this. When you go for advice, everyone tells you because a they're a little biased to their service. If I sell social media, I'm a little biased to that. Um, you know, if I sell websites, I'm a little biased to that. Uh, but no one's there to really understand that. Hey, this guy has ten thousand and um i have a guy here i'm helping right now and i use this analogy with him and i said dude you figured out and you've built this jet engine my job is to fuel the jet engine so if i can create more fuel for this jet engine you're going to take me places that i haven't been you know but if i cut your fuel off if i if i if i take all your fuel away there's no future so now i'm looking for pete and pete runs dry and now it's like okay pete you're out of here let me go find another customer instead of becoming partners with pete for a long time so you got to find people that understand your situation that partner up now if I was doing a startup uh getting to the focus of kind of like what you know the point of what we want to discuss um you have to know your budget you have to know your depth um and don't fool yourself don't you know your 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 budget you need to start thinking about like it is what it is and I have to live on it there might be a little emergency don't sit there and go wrapping your truck and making it look great for twenty thousand hours or ten thousand hours or whatever, only to have to unwrap it, um, you know, later. Or worse, have the repo guy come for it. You know, like let's be smart. The idea here is first build some fuel. So the first thing you do is, um, you know, the guerrilla marketing: get out there, knock doors, uh, make phone calls, whatever your method is. Uh, talk to re- referrals, get some motion going. Right. So what you should use to spend on is definitely. Um, I will tell you legal, unfortunately, is something you need, but legal has become much more inexpensive if you reach out to these different contractor networks. They have contracts that you can purchase and you can kind of modify. There's a lot of contractors willing to give them to you. So get your contract straight. Look at your state. Don't discount it. Look at your taxes. (laughs) The reason I tell you this is myself. I had some trouble with this stuff because I didn't do this. Do as I say it, not as I do. And I can tell you when I started building up, the thing that pulled the rug out from under me was the fact that I did not think about these things. And I will say the one thing don't take lightly is the taxes and the legal side. Get that done first. Then with the money you have, understand one thing. In today's market, your website is more of a validation to us. for me to come in and check you out. It's your showroom. So everyone's been talking about Pete Shop. Let's go look at Pete Shop, right? Nobody's driving by Pete Shop and just checking it out. In today's world, they're catching us on Google, so a billboard maybe. Right, Google being like a billboard, they're catching us on Facebook being a TV advertisement. So think about it, like these are the places that they see us and they hear about Pete's Shop. Then they go look at Pete's Shop. So your website needs to be, you know, definitely answer the questions like, hey, who's my who's my customer? Who do we help? Who are we? Why use us? Etc. Right. So think of that as your brick and mortar. You build your website nice, but in today's day and age. Don't go crazy. I mean, if I tell somebody the other day, if I had ten dollars uh, to spend, I would put maybe a dollar, dollar fifty in my website. I need the rest of the money to funnel traffic to Google, to funnel traffic to uh, Facebook. Look, we help people with the ads and things, but it's not what we primarily do. Um, I'm unbiased at this. If somebody asked me where do I spend the money, I would tell them like, don't focus on the CRM. Um, let's get your process like at least running properly. There are some basic CRMs or makeshift stuff you can do with Google and every all sorts of other free tools to get you going. Let's build a milestone. Let's get to X number of money, uh, X number of time, and maybe X number of employees, salespeople, before we start implementing some of these tools, we jump too early. So what do I need? Uh, The starter pack, you know, the starter pack, I got to have a basic website. Go one page. Don't go crazy. Be very clear. Who am I looking for? Who's my prospect? What do you do? Why should I trust you? You know, um, if you haven't read Donald Miller's uh, story brand, kind of follow his layout and go through it. And I mean, websites can be super inexpensive. I mean, you can do it yourself, hire somebody to do it. Look, I've Boss Up Solutions, I've changed my website probably 17 times. I don't know. I mean, because my message gets tuned in every year, right? So don't go crazy. Don't drop five grand. I hear people dropping 5,000, 10,000. I'm just like, right <laughs> for what and they're like oh seo i was like okay you're in dallas you're not going to be number one i mean you just keywords get your market like calm down or if you're in some small town it doesn't seo doesn't work the same way i don't know if you knows but google is making a change next year and this is kind of interesting for a lot of people to know and this kind of relates to other social media where the world's going um google is making it where um on google my business when you go there and i look up Pete's shop um, they have this messenger bot, which our bums marketing, like it gives you access to that, but there's some other systems that give it to you. But you know, the Google used to leave a phone number. It was like a yellow pages. You saw an ad and you would call They had no way of tracking conversion. Right? So Google obviously be trying to make money off of everything. They decided we mm-hmm. should know if Pete gets a sale from us because one day it'll be valuable for Pete to be part of Google. Right? Which sadly that day is going to come. But what they decided to do was create this messenger bot and the appointment bots that they have in there. Um so if you obviously book an appointment, they know that happened. With your appointment, Google will the day after your appointment say, Hey Latif, how did Pete Shop do? And ask for a rating from me. And then with your messenger bot, so if I message you, it's gonna look for time to response, like how soon do I reply? What bums like our system automates that reply? Um, it's going to look at the conversation in depth, like how much did it go? Was it robotic or was it actually, you know, human? And you know, Google, they know. Um, but then afterwards, what's very interesting is that same day, it's gonna say, "Hey Latif, rate your experience with with Pete. Did you decide to go ahead with the project, or did something happen?" And ask me for a thumbs up, thumbs down, how you did. So what it's doing is it's creating more reviews. So what's going to happen now? The algorithms are going to change to time of service, like time of response, time of service. Uh, actual sale and it's going to understand. So, so now it's giving the little guy a chance, the guy who gives better customer service to move up in the ranks. It's not going to be about who pays more for, you know, this or that. And SEO is not the same way it used to be. So you have to understand your market. If you're a roofing contractor, don't fall for the trap. In my opinion, I mean, there's different opinions out there, but I think your website, yes, it should be great. It should have key things. Now, here's what your website should have. it should have a clear call to action. It should say, Hey, book an appointment or download this uh, guide, right? So you always have your primary, which is like, What's your pr- first goal? My first goal is getting an appointment. That's all you should state. Don't put a bunch of other links. You can have it in your menu bar, but down here in your page, book appointment, book appointment. Would you like to see us? Book an appointment, book free consultation. The only one thing you could have on your pop up or whatever for the consolidation price, hey, before you go, do you want to download my spring <laughs> cleaning guide just so maybe I get your <laughs> yeah. information so I could ask you again? Will you book an appointment? Book an appointment, book an appointment, right? So to the point this, stick to your mission, understand what you're doing, don't overcomplicate, man. Um, go get those sales, go get those couple people, and start building around that. And then, yeah, there is a time to move into CRM. There is a time to move into all these other fancy things. I think you guys just unleashed the proposals thing. Learn how to build that starter kit. So the starter kit to me. Basic website, one page, um, very polished Facebook and Google pages. Get your listings. This is just time. This is no money for this part, right? You just got to go to your Google My Business, claim your page. So many people do not claim their business. Claim your business. Get in there. Set yourself to 24 hours. You're a roofing contractor. I understand you go home at 5. That's great. But you know what happens when you're closed at 5? Just like a restaurant, the restaurants that are open move to the top. So if there's a storm at 8 p.m., guess where you are? Not on the top. Set yourself to 24 hours, right? So basics, some basic rules, get that listing set up and then start creating posts, start creating connections. People like to connect with business. One of the biggest things we get, you guys are probably similar in River. We, um, by sharing like some of those lives from our office, from sharing some of those pictures of our team working with each other or some of the, sometimes we go out after work, things like that create like a desire for people to, I like that culture, I wanna be part of it somehow. Um, create that culture, your proposal side. So like, you know, marketing is getting people in the door. So that's our first step. I always break this down into nine steps. I market it, get them in the front door. Now establish a front door. Do not buy leads from one company, from another company, another company, have a door knocker, et cetera, et cetera. Not create a common point where you start because any process works if everyone comes in that front door. Uber, when I make my call, it does it. I can't text them for a ride. I can't call them for a ride. I have to do it through their app. There's a common way to get started, right? Create that common place. So now you can control the journey. Uh, that's kind of one of the pushes we do with our boss up marketing solutions is like our common point of entry is let's get you scheduled and from here is where we move into our process, right? So whether the lead comes from telemarketing, from organic marketing, from whatever, get that basic set up. Once that's done, the next step is scheduling your appointment and doing your inspection. Learn how to do a proper inspection so much money is lost by not doing a proper inspection. Inspections don't need to be very complicated. Don't be that guy that sends 350 photos. Nobody needs to see your 350 photos. You know, your 30, 40 proper photos taken in sequence and taken the same way every time is going to make a difference. The other thing is, speaking of process, if I do something the same way, I can control stuff. So if I do something the same way, you know how to work with me. So if I come to the house and I go counterclockwise or clockwise, whatever I do, have my routine that I do, whatever routine you do to inspect the house. Whoever ends up working for you in the back office, or who, even yourself, when you, after you've done ten inspections and you come home, you know where you're looking at. So do your inspection properly. Again, company cam is a great tool over there, but there is several photo apps on that side. I tell everybody look at the different things that are out there that work, but you know whatever works for you. But definitely look at some sort of tools that organize your photos, right? From the inspection, you get to the next part, which is um, getting into the actual sale, right? You want to do your proposal. Um and that proposal you guys put out of like a really badass tool, I think, and it's like coming through some uh, some more updates, I think, as far as your um your what do you call it, um, some of the connections with Zapier and things like that. But if we had a chance to take a look at it. And there's some other good tools too, some of your competitors, et cetera. There's some good tools, find one that works. These tools are not very expensive, but they are very good if you take the time. So for example, your your tool, you get to measure the aerial, which is great. You get to show them some technology, which kind of you know it turns on the kind of like, hey, did you go above my house and look at this? <laughs> like, no, it's actually like a photo. Uh, I've had people say that. They're like, um, when did you guys fly over? And you know, uh, no, it's not like that. Um, but anyways, it creates conversation, but also take the time you've offered a tool don't take it out of the box one of the things that your tool offers that many of them do um some more than others is customize it put in your branding, put in your stuff um, so create that and sell it one of the biggest tips i could tell these guys whenever i tell them to sell is i tell them hey what material are you taking to this job site and they'll be like well here it is and they'll lay it out it'll be their business card great um by the way i would suggest those one tap connects those are amazing uh, the little tap your card and give your information conversation starters always work to get business um, but they'll have these gf brochures they'll have their owens corning brochure they'll have whatever and they go out there and they might have like put their label on it or something or whatever maybe and they're sharing uh that now think about the mindset of a customer a customer is sitting here going like gaf that's the product i'm purchasing gaf Pete, ten thousand. latif comes in gaf Latif, 9,000. So think about a Ford dealership. If I'm gonna go shopping for a brand new truck, I'm gonna go look for the lowest price. I'm gonna call the dealers and be like, look, man, the other dealer said he'd do it for 25, but my badge is 24, <laughs> right? So I don't think you can get a truck <laughs> for 24 anymore. But that'd be, I don't so. I'm dating myself. But anyhow, here's the thing that happens, Pete. Um, people are, you, nothing is free. When they give you that free marketing material, I'm selling GAF, and I'm I, maybe I do a great job telling you how great a product, product GAF is, or Owens Corning is, or whatever, right? I've sold the product. I might not have sold myself. I should be selling me. The time I get, I should be selling me. So what I do is I tell people, brand your package, your proposal uh, software. If you put those stuffers in those other documents, like a little bit about us. I want the Pete's roofing system, right? I don't want GAF system. I can say that I happen to use GAF. Fair enough. I uh, happy to use a leading shingle because if GF runs out of supply, it gets I have a nightmare telling you that I oversold you on the Ford truck, but I got a great Chevy here. You know, it's like, well, you just told me that G- Chevy suck and now you want me to buy Chevy. So you have to brand yourself. And you know what? I mean, I've watched this industry for over a dozen years and some of the products change. I mean, there was a while where GF was one of the best. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you which ones were the best or worst, but You know, then in between, like the IKOs, which happen to be not one of the best, they started growing to be one of the better ones. Then you see these other brands popping in there and availability, especially today in this age with our shipping problems or other problems. I don't want to oversell you on a Ford truck. I want to sell you on the fact that you need a pickup and I can get you a pickup. And you need this much towing capacity and I can get it to you. I want to sell you on features. I want to sell you on what your need is. I'm not going to sell you a brand. The only brand I need to sell you on is my company. You're going to buy Bossa. You're going to buy Pete's Roofing, right? Um, and it's so crucial, man. I don't know if you've seen that, but I think like one of the things with your proposals is um, put those stuffers in there. Don't just take them out of the box. Make them talk to me as a customer as to why you. Yes, other people do what you do, but what's the difference here? Is it the culture? Is it what your system? And talk about what you do that's different. So let's mention a pre-construction. Here's the different things we do. You know, During construction, we do this extra cleanup. Post-construction, we do this. Also, we offer this warranty, right? And then, say, our, our manufacturer will also add additional whatever. Don't get stuck with advertising. Don't use that free material. I think it's a big mistake for new guys because new guy comes in and tells me that I need this product. And I'm convinced. Yeah. I just don't – I'm not convinced about you. So I'm going to end up buying GF. I'm just going to find someone else to do it. Work your pitch about me. Sell me. Do not sell the other parts. And then, you know, (laughs) follow-up, we all know (laughs) follow-up is key. I'm going to run through these nine. Feel free to stop me anywhere. I'm just going to kind of – I mark it, schedule it, right? I schedule it, inspect it, and then the next one was sell it, right? But during sales, follow-up. I mean, you got to follow-up. I know this from my own experience. So, like, we had had storms and um, these guys would run out and we were making millions of dollars real quick. And what I noticed was when I fired somebody – That when we followed up on his files, that there was a very poor follow up. So we started digging in deeper, 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 and we realized we were making a lot of money. So you know, you see these uh, hundred leads and uh, whatever that we bought, but we have twenty sales this week. We're happy. We don't look that our hundred should be thirty five. We're just happy with our twenty, and we're focused on our money. But if we start, if you could step away and look at what happened to the other eighty, I know it's a pessimistic view, but don't worry about the twenty you sold. I want to look at the eighty that you did, and I want to know is there still a chance? Because here's the thing. If they truly had damage or if they truly had a need, then they're buying, they're just buying from someone. If they're not buying from you, they're gonna buy from someone else. So why not create that someone else? Like what I mean by that is, here's the two of us in this meeting. Latif goes out there and say, hey, how did Latif do? Uh, you know, he was all right. And we were talking about, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, you know what, did he drop off some information? He wasn't very clear. He seemed to be in a rush. I'm sorry, I'm gonna get Pete, his manager, to meet with you, would that be all right? Can he call you, can he come by, right? And the next person, mm-hmm. hey Pete was by, Pete, yeah, he kind of sold me. He just talked a lot, didn't really tell me much. You no, know? oh, I'm so sorry. You know what? I see here the yeah. photos, and I see you have any. Let me send Pete's manager Latif out there. So you see how I did that role reversal? I just switched his both. But they're buying from someone. If it's a person, if they don't like your company, it's a different story. But if they don't like the person, right. personality swap. You know, I have to. I have multiple employees, and they have different personalities. They, we match differently. Why am I giving someone else the opportunity to go get it? The problem is we work the low hanging fruit. We don't hold a lot of accountability. And this doesn't need to be complicated. So far we haven't even mentioned CRM. So far we had a calendar. We had Google and Facebook. We had a one-page website. We had a calendar because we want to schedule people, right? I think I've overpassed the calendar, but still, you need a calendar schedule people. And calendars don't get too crazy. Make them simple. If you have multiple people, make one calendar and everybody can kind of do a round robin or pick who's available. Calendars are very difficult sometimes to sync into to get people in organized. So make that easy and simple. And then now you have the proposal software or some sort of proposal. You need estimation, which you, your software would do, but also like Xactimate or something, depends on the complexity you want to get into. Um, simple is better, man. I'm going to tell you. Don't spend so much time. I see guys researching software. They're their first year, they're daily made for sales, and they're trying to like research all these softwares and figure out how to configure them get out of your own way, go do what you want to do, uh, which is, you know, start selling, start getting business. Um, The follow-ups are key to getting yourself the sales. And I tell people, spend more and more time in it. Use systems. I mean, like with bums, you can send these automatic texts that say, hey, uh, Pete, I'm just checking in if you had made any decisions. By the way, Latif asked me to send you this document. Hey, Pete, Latif mentioned he's going to be in your area next week and wondered if you can stop by and drop off samples. Those two texts, Will create interest again, and somebody replies and says, "Yeah, you know what? I was thinking about it, but I wasn't sure. And you know, I saw this Owens Corning product. Would you guys be able to substitute that or whatever?" Right? Creates conversation, and you're able to work it out. Um, yeah, I actually had a guy just stop by. I was about to go with them, but I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you called. I lost your number. I mean, it's like, oh wait, you lost my number. Great, good thing I called because, be honest, you might think it's super valuable. You love your business card. You spend 80 hours setting it up, but they don't have it. They put it somewhere and lost it, right? Um, once you make your sale, and this is where that legal side comes in, those documents like that one person was mentioning. Documents, getting them organized, getting them ready, making sure they're right, doing what's right with your state. Write a right of rescission, look into. Every state has a right of rescission. Um, typically, it's three days for most people and 14 for senior citizens. But find out what it is in your state. Make sure you provide the documents. Make sure one of the things that we got in trouble with um, was proving that we dropped those papers off. Um, now I tell people, hey, I sent a text saying, Hey, by the way, I sent those to you. Here's a here's a link to the documents as well. You know. Um, that way I have that paper trail of um, you know that I did do what I'm supposed to. Make sure this is a very key part when you're in sales. Understand you are making a legal agreement with somebody. Understand you're opening yourself up to liability. Be smart. Three, four, or five extra steps that can be automated will <laughs> save you tons of headaches and thousands of legal fees, speaking from experience. Um, once that's done, man, so once you make your sale, you got to get that approval from the insurance. So approval process, right? So what tools do you need so far? I mean, you know, after these tools that I mentioned for approval, you don't need anything. You want to build your report, get out there. Hey, here's the measurements. Here's my roofer. Uh, Here's my estimate. Could be through roofer. could be through Xactimate, could be through whatever. Um, Here's my estimate. Here's what I'm asking for. Um, You know, there's this battle about lump sum versus itemized or whatever. Decide which way you're going. Pick a, pick one and go with it. I'm not going to tell you which is better or worse. I have my opinions, but pick one, go with it. But get your get your approval from the person, right? And then understand: Did you get no approval, partial approval, uh, or complete approval? Know your margin you're trying to make. Some people fight so much for one line item, and they miss the big picture, which is: Am I hitting my 35% margin, 40% margin? Um, again, some tools like yours like allow you to set that margin. Uh, So you know where you need to be. So maybe they didn't pay for ice and water. I got my margin. Maybe they didn't pay for O&P, but I got RFG, so I got my margin. Focus (laughs) on your margin, not the battle. I mean, as a salesperson, we like to win arguments. um, But this is not where you do it. You know, get to your margin, move on. You will make more money by making less money faster and moving on to the next project and getting those reviews. Um, And then, you know, getting your approval. So up to that stage, getting your signature, this is the tools that you need. You didn't need much. I mean, you have to have a calendar. You had your Googles, your Facebook, your website, one page, you had a calendar, you had a proposal software, you had a camera or some sort of photo thing, but no envelopes. You're golden. You need a business business card. Um, I would say some branding package, which look, we can help you with it, but you go to Canva and design some pretty cool stuff and make your own little thing if you want to. Um, It works great. And you're at that sale. And now what's left is you're building, you're supplementing your collection, and you're asking for reviews, right? The thing to focus on here is getting – nobody knows you, right, today. That's your most difficult thing. To conquer that, give you concierge service, white girl service, get a review, get a referral. Because referrals business, that's immediate money. Reviews are going to start validating. The more reviews you get, the easier that next sale will be and the more people want to work for you. I have a company I work with in Illinois. They have a little over 500 reviews at Google. And working for them is easy because, like, there's 500 reviews. And, you know, like, that company's going to get some sales. Now, here's the thing. They probably have a dozen bad reviews. Right. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't hear that noise when you have 488, you know, positive reviews. Um, and, you know, who's the person who's most, uh, most uh, you know, enthusiastic about going and leaving a review? It's the person who's upset. The person that probably owes you money or there's something going on between you guys, whatever the reason. But, you you know, when I had my call center and I had some issues over there, I realized one thing when I was sitting down. Um, We had over 800 (laughs) customers in one year. We had three complaints. But those three were loud. They were on Facebook, social media. Everybody was looking at them. Those three brought out maybe three from the woodworks, you know, so you got six. But then I sat there and I'm looking at it. One day I'm a math person. I put it on paper and I was like 806. We have a one percent complete ratio. I was like one percent. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Put things in perspective for me, so I was able to change my situation, change my perspective about the problem. Hey, those OPP, eight people are valuable for sure. But let me fix it from my side as an owner. From a customer side, if they saw seven hundred and ninety-two yeah, thousand reviews the and they see eight <laughs> negatives, you know, at that point, I'm still rolling in business, right? But when you when, when Enough when you when you just only let the negatives get there and you don't don't give it the demand it needs um, and a lot of people like that start the business I mean I think more and more people are getting savvy but um, some people they're just not into the social media thing they're not into the Google thing automate that process at the right time ask exchange of money yeah, right. a happy yeah. moment yeah. project finished uh, make sure the project's <laughs> yeah. finished satisfied first say hey are you satisfied before before you ask them for a review you know. <laughs> Get a chance to do it right um, and fix it. So that's kind of like the keys, man. And you're at a sale. Now you're going to get to estimation software. You can do your takeoffs using uh, measurement software like yours. Um, Material orders, work orders, you can walk in and do those pretty simple. Right. you got to file your warranties. There's not a lot of software that I told you at this moment. It's more coming in. It comes in after. Yeah, and like you said, I you think you're at this point zero, too, you're kind of still establishing yourself. your own process, right? right so
0: by keeping it super simple and, and not employing a lot of tools, like you don't have to necessarily know, you know, the process specifically yet. Like you can kind of build it as you go and, and figure it out before you try to put it into a CRM, right? Or Before you try to get in a position where you're gonna have to train other employees on a process that you're still trying to figure out on your own. You know, like you said, it's so important, even like, when you go to do an inspection that that inspection's done the same every time you start to develop that routine and that process and that's really where the success comes from and that's how you can then scale it and, and equate to you know putting it into a CRM and where uh, then you start to see the holes of like yeah. hey how can i you know take this process and plug in uh, you know a, a platform maybe or a piece of software that could help me better you know automate my getting my referrals or something along those lines you know
1: Yeah, so when you mentioned process, I don't I don't know if you mind if I share my screen for a second. I'll show you something that you know you want to get to. Yeah. Um I'm gonna do this real yep. quick. I think it'll let me share. I think I haven't used this software before. Uh, yep, there we go. There you go. So I don't know if you see my screen with this lucid chart here. Okay. So my lucid chart here, this is all about a build process, right? So like we're, I'm building this in our Bump software, but here's my here's my process. Look. If you're doing a build and you see a lot of people complain about stuff about like oh my build didn't go right whatever the experience controlling what i'm doing is i've built this very simple pre-build build day post build right the build day is my trigger that's the day things are going to start so the day before the build or five days before the build i want to send an sms and email and here's a little bit about what i want the message i want to get across a day before the build i want to make sure if i don't need to reschedule it. if i need to reschedule it i need to send a certain email If I don't, I'm gonna move forward with this particular process. Um, The day of the build, 7 a.m., I wanna get in touch. 1 p.m., I wanna get in touch. Why? Because I'd rather reach out to them before they have to reach out to me and control the experience, right? Control that journey. So you're controlling the customer's journey. My point of this, and I could get into this in depth or whatever, but my point of this this sharing this is because if you see around my build day, I've built every communication, how everything's gonna go. If we did complete the project, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a survey. If the survey is good, we're going to ask them if there's a punch list and we're going to go and ask for reviews. Um, if, my, if the job isn't completed, I want to find out what's going on. If there's a delay, I want to know how, how long it is and I want to send an end of day report. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm basically looking at our process of how we control one experience and I mapped it out. Grab a board. Some people use bullet uh, points. Some people draw things out. But when you can map it out, that's when you can build it. A lot of guys are like, I want to see okay, do you have a, do you have what you want? I mean, I can build it. But if you're asking me to build the plans, I'm going to build them to you my way. And maybe that's not the way you want it. Um, so don't get too caught up with that. Um, start learning your process, mapping it out. A process should not be reliant on people or software. It should be about what happens, what happens, and why it happens, and what happens, in case it doesn't happen. It's not about you know a software or anything. That comes in later. You use software to operate your process. You use humans to operate your process. Yeah, that's but a huge point. Your process is absent of software, absent of people. And that's the thing. I mean, look at uh, proposals. I mean, you guys just came into the market with that. And I love it, and I, I can tell you, like, I like it a lot, but here's the thing. I was using all the proposal software before, but in my process, now I found a better software I can implement. So I'm changing the software, but I'm not changing my process. My process around building a proposal did not change from substituting someone else with roofing. it My process is the same. There's some new efficiencies that I added um, that helped but my process didn't change. And that's what people have to figure out is you get so reliant on a software. I see these guys and they're trying to make their guys learn a software. Um, going back to boss up for a second, like our human side of it. So Bums is my automated side, I guess. My software side, boss up is my human side. My human side of boss up, one of the things I try to do is, I, and I think CRM companies much as they love us, they hate us. Um, I tell people, why do, you, why do you have 16 members in here? What are they trying to get out? Let's figure out what, what are you trying to get them. We're trying to get them a report. are trying to get information. But Johnny doesn't know how to type. Um, Sam can't <laughs> spell. And, you know, this guy can't do math, so he's putting in the wrong numbers. Wouldn't it be better if they just, like, message the office and let one person, let your operator, if you would, your dispatch, go ahead and start putting stuff in? So one of the things at up that we do is we try to tell people, like, hey, let's get them out. Build them what they need to, what they need to see. But let's get them out. A, it saves money. And B, it also, um, it also forces you to... You know, if I'm the only one or if if my team is the only one who's, like, putting in information, it's going to be put in the same way every time. If you have Johnny, Sam, and Bill, they might do it three different ways. And that information, those CRMs, if you go to most of them, every one I log into, save none, I would say, every CRM I log into, here's your task list. And I could see stuff that's, like, five pages worth of tasks. It's like, what are these? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, we're trying to figure out. It's like, why would you keep putting – imagine somebody walking up to your own office (laughs) And put a posts on your desk today, and tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next. Day. Would you like be okay just having all these posts on your desk? Why do you have them in your CRM? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, because they're all very important, really. Because you haven't looked at them, and I'm pretty sure most of them are expired. Um, you got to get control. But now, if you make somebody accountable for, hey, you manage my CRM. Here's the cool part about: doesn't matter which CRM you go with. If you put in the right data and you have it in there properly, and someone's taking that accountability of doing it. And those reports that come out and that information that comes out is invaluable. And you want to get there, but you have to get there by letting somebody operate, not letting everybody access it, right? Letting one person deal with it, letting a team deal with it, and then growing from there, and then figuring out what do I yeah, need get Yeah, it's funny, you know, like I, coming I from a CRM, from you know,
0: right? I, I always loved, the, you know, the, hey, I'm going to put in 30 users into my CRM. But these 20 people, I got to have them restricted down to be able to do almost nothing. So it's like, well, if you're going to restrict them that much, then does it really serve a purpose for them even to be in there? Right. Like, yeah. Could they, like you said, could they be doing 90% of their process without ever even yeah. going to that CRM and just relaying a couple of key pieces of information, you know, and now you've saved the reason to even have them in there. And like you said, you're saving money by not having them as a user. They're not in there potentially screwing stuff up or entering information wrong. Cause like one of the things we used to tell everybody as, as a CRM is your CRM is only going to be as good as the information that you put into it, right? So if you're feeding it false information or people are not putting in what needs to be put in there, then you're not going to get the outputs that you want out of it.
1: Right. And this is where, if you control the right person putting the information in, it ends up being better for you. So a lot of times people want to use this system or that system and they want to get 30 people right. in it. And then they want to, they get their software and they're like, Oh, now we need canvassing software oh, now we need proposal software. Oh, now we need – and it's like, well, who's doing the proposals? Is it one person? Is it everybody? Who's doing the canvassing? Is it one person? Is it everybody? What are they – you know, start with – again, this is why I said start with your process. It's like one of the things you want to find out is what do you want to look at? What do you want to share with Pete? Just draw it out. Don't worry about the software, what it does or doesn't. Tell me what does Pete need to know. He needs to know how many sales he's got in the pipeline, um, what stage they're at. He needs to know the dollar amount that's out there and which jobs are completed. All right, great. Let's start there and figure out how to get him that. He doesn't necessarily have to be in the CRM. Maybe it's just a report. So you take any of those CRMs, they'll create an automated report and email it for you every day, every week, at whatever you want to set. Maybe I just got to send you an email. I don't (laughs) even need to access because you know what? Pete's not very savvy and he can't even log into a CRM. And honestly, I'm going to spend so much time training him. When If you're my salesperson selling, I don't need you stuck in a system. Um, Mm. And even if I am good at it, the truth is, if, I, if I'm a road warrior like a lot of these guys that we work with are out there, um, it is better to be able to just say, hey, uh, Susanna, I just left this project and That's uh, <laughs> I left the samples. I right. think she's going to go for it, but I need to follow up with her Wednesday. You know? Done. Somebody will sit in the office and type it in and put it in for you. You don't even need to use your access. And you know what? On Wednesday, she's going to send you a text to say, hey, do you remember you said that um, she's going to go with it and you got to give her a call? Do you want to give her a call or you want me to text her? You know? So now what I'm doing is I'm controlling that experience and actually helping uh, the salesman do his job. Instead of spending less money on software, get the help. I see people that spend more on software than they spend on humans sometimes. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, On that note, I would tell you subscriptions. And one of the first things I do, I tell people, let's look at your subscriptions, whether you want to share your bank statement or whatever, and see what you got. Because so many people buy so much stuff that's just repetitive or like you don't need or you tried it. still um, (laughs) charging. It's yeah. 15 day free t- trial, and you don't realize that seven months later you're still paying for it. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. But um, you know, get through those and clean it up. Figure out what you need. And don't don't get a tool till it's absolutely necessary. You know, um, I think you're too tool happy. Where we want to buy stuff, it's like that. You know, it's that habit that we all have. We you know, we get money, right. we want to go shopping, <laughs> right? I mean, when we were kids, you got money, you ran to Toys R Us, which most people here probably don't know what it is. You know, but you ran yeah. out there and you bought something, right? If you had $15, <laughs> you went out and what did you look at? You looked at stuff for $17 because you're like, dad, you want to give me two, yeah, right? You didn't look at $14. You didn't look at $13. You didn't look at $12. You looked at $17 because you had 15 So it's one of those things like don't be a kid like that. Understand, you know, if it's working, keep pushing it, figure out what the bigger problems are, focus on those. Don't get caught up in the hype. Don't get caught up with the commercials. I'm not saying these things aren't great. You need these things, but they're the right time and the right place. And one of the disservices you'll see in like on that comments that um, you're mentioning on that one thread, um, a lot of people are yeah. more interested in selling their service instead of understanding the situation where someone is today. And I think it's better to understand where you are today, um, help you grow because if I grow with you, like if Pete starts out with me and he's a startup and he ends up going to 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, you and me are probably going to be partners for life, you know? If I just happen to be a service you use one year and I and you kinda liked it, but you went away, I don't know if we'll ever do business again. Now I'm looking for another Pete. I'm looking for another person to bring in and, you know, try to figure that out. And I have a revolver. But even as a vendor, they have to think and say, Hey guys, we need to take this customer and make them ours. Like they should be living with us. You know, when you get to say that I have a customer that's yeah, been with absolutely. me for three years, four years, eight years as a vendor, that's success. You know, that's really good.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a great great point. But yeah, I think that you know, I think they're all great. It's great insight. You know, as a new person, I think we do get caught up, right? You're looking at all these other roofing companies and even the con like even if you're on Facebook, you know, you get in one of these Facebook groups, all you see is, what are you guys using for this? What what software are you using for this? I'm using this one, I'm thinking about switching to another one. Like that it's every day in there, right? So So if I was new to the business and I'm looking at all this stuff, um, the first thing in my mind is like, Oh, I got to have, I need all this stuff. Like I can't be successful without it. And, and to your point, you can, you know, and you really, the only way you're going to be successful is to, you know, develop that process and and keep it simple in the beginning and then plug those things in when the time is right, you know, because otherwise you're going to just put yourself in a hole. Right. And. But,
1: Buy a whiteboard, buy a, ca- a, chalkboard, a chalkboard, you know, where you b- a corkboard Buy a, you know a calendar, a paper, and just start like putting stuff together and stitching it together before you get too stuck into a software. And don't change your business model for software. There's a lot of software out there, a lot of stuff that's customizable, a lot of stuff that maybe similar to yours. Look at it, but when you figure out your process, get them to adapt to you, and it's possible. And you build some stuff now when you ask for advice on these forums, you got to remember who the advice is coming from. Yeah. I'm looking up to this guy who does 30 million. And he's telling me I got to have this CRM. Right. But he's different. Ask him what he had in his first year. You're not asking the right question. He's telling you what he knows and he's not giving you a, he's not giving you some bullshit answer. He's telling you what you asked for, but be more specific. Say, Hey, I'm in my first year. I'm on a budget. What would you suggest? I get? didn't even have it. What did you guys do in your first year? (laughs) You know, what most of these guys are going to tell you, they didn't even have a CRM. <laughs> you know, that's what they're going to tell you. So start learning that way. There is, I'm not saying either, get advanced as quickly as you can. And there's so many affordable products out there. It's great, but don't overwhelm yourself. Don't challenge yourself. If I spend more time working on my CRM than I do in my marketing or my training, I need to stop. That is not where I need to be focused. I need to be worried about in a startup environment. It's about branding your company. It's about sales. And it's about understanding how to deliver, right, fulfillment. So I should be working on fulfillment, like delivery, making sure that's right. I should be working on gaining new business. I should be worried about those kind of things. I shouldn't get caught up in this, like, what, <laughs> how are we going to enter it? How are we going to track yeah. it? How are we going to get a report? You have two jobs. You you your report. Here's, your, here's sure. your pie chart? You know, here you, go. you know, like, hey, calm down here. That's you know? us and again, get to the other stuff and start looking at it and start adapting to figuring it out and what have you. But don't get overwhelmed and don't let yourself get overwhelmed. Get advice properly and ask the right question because I don't think people are giving poor advice. They're just giving advice from the shoes that they sit in today and not, they're not thinking when they start up. And I think it's there's a big difference in those two scenarios. Like If you ask me, hey, if you were starting a business, what would you do? <laughs> in the position I'm in today, I would list off a lot of things. You told me that, hey, like my daughter came to me and she's starting her business and she asked me what she needed. I started with, okay, here's the necessities. We're going to cover that attorney thing. We're going to cover that tax thing. We're going to get the bank account. Right. Like, you know, we went through the basics. Yeah. We didn't get all into this, like, well, you need an automated system reply. You need to track your company. Right. You need to create a drip campaign. Yeah. You need to, like, okay, and how many customers do you have? Zero. It's like, okay. You just put kind of all this energy. And it is fun to because it lets you go down this journey of success because you're like building this thing out like oh I want him to tell him this after a job I want him to do this and you're and it's enjoyable right. it's, it, it creates a little adrenaline yeah. but the problem is. You don't have any
0: business going in, so
1: what's the point? Yeah. I built this great race car. I just Uh, don't have anyone to race. Well, I appreciate it, man. I think
0: that, you know, I don't want to keep it too much longer, but, you know, I think it's, it's all great information. I think that, you know, for someone starting out, I think that that's, that's really key, you know? And I think we do get easily overwhelmed, right? By the amount of software there is now by, you know, the success of some of these other companies and, and realizing, you know, take a step back and realize like, Hey, you know, we just got to keep with the basics for now and get there. Like we'll get there, you know, and there'll be a time for all that stuff, but the time is not right now. Right. Like don't, don't put yourself, you know, like you said, don't have the repo guy coming for your truck because you spent money in the wrong spot.
2: you
1: know. Right. And you know how they say ignorance is, ignorance is bliss in a way. I would say the good thing is like there's so many of these gurus or these mentors or these conventions, conferences, softwares, online academies, and everyone comes to us and they're like, hey, what do you think about this guy or this guy or this girl? Look, we all have our opinions. That's a different story. But here's the thing: it's like a recipe for a cookbook. If you find a recipe, if you don't know how to cook <laughs> it right out of one book, why are you jumping to another book? The problem's not the book. The problem's your cooking. So if you find somebody that's been validated by enough people where you feel it's a good thing for some people. Learn to do it that way first before you try right. it different. Uh, I like to cook. I learn to cook things through recipes first, and then I start changing it to my flavor once I understand it, right? Same thing with these mentors and stuff out there. Like, don't get too caught up in, like, yeah. I want to see the next best thing. The problem is if you don't know how to cook it right one way, why are you jumping in the other kitchen? There's no reason. And I think it's one big thing in our industry that um, startups kind of fail. And I get it, you want the right advice. You want to do it the right way. but you know, first learn, there's always times to adapt, you know, do it this guy's way and then take a look at the other one. Once you have an understanding and before you know it, you'll be building your own way, you know? Um, so I think it's very important for startup guys. Um, and even people that are further along the way, and they're just thinking about how do we scale? Where are we in a rut? Why we stopped at 3 million, um, start looking at those things. So it helps, man. I do appreciate you bringing us on. Um, you know, and sharing a little bit about boss up solutions and boss up marketing solutions. We got our website, we always send out free comments and free uh, content. Feel free to look at it. We're not a spam company. My rule is one email a month, um, is all we keep it at. Um, if you're engaged with us, and of course, like there's text and stuff back and forth or whatever between us, but other than that, we do that. But I try to put stuff out there like uh, Roof Type Xactimate guides, um, you know, different guides on how to build a website. Other stuff is always available. Find stuff there. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think it's a great great opportunity, like you said, to just take advantage of some knowledge there.
0: And, you know, I think so, so many times, you know, you got to keep in mind, especially if you're a new guy, you know, like I tell our team all the time, you know, you guys like internally, our sales guys and our support guys, you're industry experts at this point, because just by the default, like you're talking to so many different contractors. Like you said, you're talking to hundreds or potentially thousands of contractors over the course of the years. Right. You know, so by default, like you've just gained all this knowledge, you know, so take advantage of that. If you're a new guy, you know, don't be afraid to, to hit up a company like Boss Up or, you know, so, or any any software or anybody you see on Facebook, you know, grab any of us and, and just say like, hey, can yeah. I run something by you? You know, we're most of us are going to be more than happy to, to jump on and help you out.
1: Yeah, and and you know, don't get yourself overloaded with information yeah. with Facebook and social media. Sometimes you get all these different opinions, and again, they're coming from different sources and different <laughs> walks of life. You have to pick where you're going and commit to it. ADHD in our industry is very common. Where I don't know what to do. Like I get a call from the same guy, his buddy <laughs> yeah. of mine, he's a customer too, and he calls me every week wanting to change the CRM. Yeah. Why every week are we going through this? Either make the change or don't. Your voice is so much energy. <laughs> right. Out. Why are we talking um, about it? Yeah. What sales is your CRM getting you? Not, okay. Well, that, why are we, why are we talking? you know? So, um you know, don't let yourself get distracted. P- pick a lane, do your research, take that lane, learn it. Like I said with the cookbooks, you don't look in four books to make one meal. Look at a book, make the meal, get it right. <laughs> Then start learning. Oh, great,
0: man. First. I really I really and appreciate you coming on. Like I said, some really do, uh, you know? invaluable insight. I think some great knowledge there. So uh, from some great experience, you know, so uh, really appreciate you sharing today and having you guys on and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, but man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care.